Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon. And since it's Friday, you know it. It's time for the Agenda Cafe. And I'm even more excited this week because we have everybody in the studio today. And I'd like to welcome back on the program our wonderful co-host, Karen Ko. Karen, great to see you. Yeah, I know. It's great to actually be face-to-face with you across the panel here and not on a Zoom meeting for once. (laughs) Too many screens. I mean, if you look around this room already, I mean, I'm looking at one, two, three. Well, I was looking at it. There's a yes. four, five, six, seven. If you count my phone, eight. Eight. But now you have some human beings here too, so that's exactly. great. Yes. So what's the big topic of today that we'll be chatting on the Agenda Cafe? Well, we're talking about an issue that has been labelled as an epidemic by, by many people. And it's definitely a phenomenon that's been exacerbated by the pandemic. So we're talking about loneliness. And I don't know whether you know, but this week is actually Loneliness Awareness Week, which is a campaign run mainly in the UK by an organization called the Marmalade Trust. And if you think about loneliness, um, there's data out there. Of course, this kind of data has to be sort of self-reported because you can't look at someone and tell whether or not they're lonely. But in the UK, uh, a recent study from the Office of National Statistics Uh, 8% of the UK population said they felt lonely always or often. And then young people between 16 and 29 reported feeling twice as likely uh, to experience loneliness than people over 70, which is interesting because normally the narrative is that older people experience more loneliness. Same thing in the US. A study from last October found that about 36% of people felt lonely frequently or almost all of the time or all of the time. And 61% of those were between the age of 18 and 25. So I thought this is a good time just to explore the concept of loneliness. You know, what is it? Is it simply being alone? Is it living alone? Aren't we, don't we all get lonely at some point? Um, so we're going to sort of explore this and also some ways... Uh, in our modern world that we deal with loneliness. And we've got a really interesting guest joining us for this today. Uh, We're delighted to welcome Professor Johan Horn. Johan is a double degree doctor. He's an interfaculty professor of social robotics at the Hong Kong Polytechnic University School of Design and Department of Computing. So, Johan, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. So, the way I just described you, Mm. it goes nowhere deep enough to tell us about your background and who you are. So, why don't you first tell us a bit more about your background right yeah well but before that i'm really happy that you uh, focused on youth at the moment because that's really like in a way underexposed like you said it's mainly older adults that people focus on but there's worldwide an upsurge in young people who feel depressed lonely have suicidal ideation and they are hard to reach because, like you said, everybody is on their own. So they don't see others, they don't talk to others. Um, and in the w- one of the, the big labs that is now established in Science Park, the Artificial Intelligence in Design Lab, mm. that's actually the focus of our robotics research really? at the moment. Yeah, Hong Kong. Young people, yeah. Wow, that's Particularly great. Hong Kong youth, yes. So I'm really glad that that's the topic. Um, my own background, I, I come from the Netherlands, Amsterdam. Um, I studied literature, general literature, 
as uh, as my major. Then I changed into psychology. From psychology, I went into computer science. I've done some things in life sciences, in social sciences, and now I'm in design as well as computing. And the beauty is, if you want to make a real good social robot, you need all that. Right. You can't just st start with a robot and say, let's make a great robot. One of the big mistakes that people make is that a robot is a fictional character. They don't realize that, but it's literature and theater who are experts on how fictional characters work, what the they do with people. Oh, yeah, right. the theatrics of it. Yeah. And most of the time, the researchers are skipping that part. So they deal with the robot as if it were another person, mm, which okay. is not. Right, okay. It's fiction. So let's go back to basics first. Uh, if we talk about what is loneliness? I mean, how would you oh, okay. define loneliness? Yeah, well, let me put up front that the psychology that I did was cognitive psychology. I'm not a clinician, so I'm way beyond my area at the moment. But basically, what I read in the literature is that loneliness is an experience, and it's not the number of people that are around you. It's the quality of the relationship. So you can be like, I am with two people, but they are my best friends. I don't see them much, but when I see them, the quality is very high. Those people are not lonely, don't feel lonely. Mm. But it could be that you are among many, but none of those interactions are of high quality and then you do feel lonely although you are among the masses right so you could you could be in a crowd um, or in a university yeah and be with many many people exactly. and still feel lonely yeah. yeah although there are many people to chat with but that's not the point it's about the quality of the interaction okay mm. my grandma would used to always say that loneliness is a feeling not a situation yeah. because mm. you can be surrounded by you can go to a room a party yeah. surrounded by people yeah. but you know you've just got that feeling in in your stomach deep down that you're not connecting with everybody with anybody you just feel alone it's a very wise grandmother yeah yeah and, and, yeah. Yeah. and yes. one, of, one of the one of the stu stupid things that we do is that we put for instance older adults together based on their age right so now you go sit in one big room with 40 people that you dislike honestly my my mother is in that situation in an yeah. aged care home where people are the same age as her and i ask her do you like the people she's like no they're all crazy yeah but i mean and then she no, says they're too old they're too old and there's no connection yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed and that's because you 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 assemble them on something that's totally irrelevant which is age yeah. and, and now they should be nice together and cozy just because Why? they're the same age yeah <laughs> And is why is loneliness always seen as such a negative thing? I mean, the, you know, every state we have has some negative aspects and some positive aspects. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I mean, we, we use the word loneliness for the negative side. Being alone doesn't have to be negative. I mean, many people oh, solitude. need yeah, solitude. Mm. I mean, yeah. I, I like to be alone a lot, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm lonely at that point. But then I'm busy with work, uh, studying, uh, I don't know, making art, whatever, uh, just thinking, uh, staring out of the window. You're not lonely, but you are alone. And we have used the word loneliness for the negative side of things. But sure, um, there's always 
an upside to everything. Where does that negative connotation come from? Is it sort of from Hollywood? Is it from the know. literature? Why is sort of being alone seen or, or eating alone, for example, when you see people eating alone right. at a restaurant, people will, will often stare. Yeah. I did the lunchtime show, so I often eat alone. Yeah. I, qu I quite enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Nobody to disturb me. I can eat my food in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like there's there's been some social stigmatization of being solo. For example, you know, there are special things for solo travelers or mm -hmm. solo diners. And usually the way they are portrayed is kind of sad. It's not it's not like, hey, I can choose whatever I want to yeah, eat and eat yeah. whenever I want to eat and go wherever I want to go. And maybe because our society is all built on being a, a couple or being a group and a triple a triple a family i don't know you know and and it's not and then when a single or solo person is added there they're labeled as the third wheel or yeah, the yeah, yeah, extra person you know yeah. i don't know what do you, what do you think well I, I i don't have a cultural answer here i, I really don't know I, I i do know what you are saying already is that people alone are seen as sad i don't know why really yeah. i really don't know why okay well i just thought i'd throw this you know since we're having a discussion how do you measure loneliness <laughs> i mean is it something that you can uh, you know really measure Okay, now this is interesting because th this is what every psychometric question has. You want data. Uh, that, uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, how do you know what goes on some, in, inside someone? Well, f first of all, most people do not know what goes inside of them themselves. So how, as a psychologist, can you measure that? Mm -hmm. Now, there are all kinds of ways to try to approach it. Okay, so I'm not saying I'm measuring it, but we try to approach it. One way is that you have what they call structured questionnaires. So it's not just one question that is addressing, in this case, loneliness, but could also be any other uh, cognitive or emotional concept that you want to know. There's multiple choice questions. And then, like no, it's not multiple sometimes. choice. You, oh. you actually repeat that question in very different ways. Oh. And then statistically, you try to pull out the general trend. Mm. That I, thing that you would call loneliness or whatever, um, being upset or yeah. interested or whatever concept you want to do. Or the but you languages. always have the problem yeah. that that wasn't what actually happened when it happened in the head because mm. it's offline in a sense. You fill right. out the questionnaire afterwards. Yes. Mm. But the problem is if you have people telling what they feel at the moment that they do that disturbs the measurement as well mm -hmm. so you always have the measurement problem of as soon as you observe you disturb the effect mm. and so it and it doesn't matter whether you put an fmri on an eeg or whatever on it you will always have that interference effect okay so then what do you think of uh you know all the studies or you know articles that say that loneliness is a huge problem it's an epidemic yeah um you know uh, how, how do we really know? Well, we, we never will really know anything. But um, what I do believe is that if you have enough of these investigations throughout the world repeated in very many different forms, so with all the biases of every type of measurement, of every type of researcher, but the general trend in those, let's say, half a million studies is that people report they feel lonely, I start to believe it. Okay. Mm. All right. So one of the other um, things that I was reading about when I was researching this program is that 
there's a study that suggests that loneliness is contagious. Oh. That these researchers did a 10-year study uh, looking at how loneliness spreads in social networks and mm. the results seem to say that people who are close to someone else experiencing loneliness were 52% more likely to become lonely as well. So they're lonely together. I guess they're lonely side by side. Yeah. So there's um, something to talk about, right? Yeah. And when when they look at the causes of loneliness, uh, ironically, um, the internet and social media are partly to blame. I mean, I don't yeah. know. What are your thoughts yes. about social media? Social yeah. media is supposed to make us feel included. Yeah. Double-edged well, sword. Yes, but I mean, we're talking about people. You know, and, and people always form groups and people want to feel better than other people. That's what they do. So there, there's very soon a hierarchy of I'm cooler than you. And that basically also for youth is one of the huge frustrations. Yes. I'm 16 years old. How will I shine in a world of millions and millions and millions of people that advertise themselves as the, the best person in the world who already have businesses or who are brilliant at sports or well, you name it. But the picture, the way we represent ourselves is like ultimate gods. Now, how will you, as you're a newbie and you're just upcoming, how will you ever find your place in that? So I can imagine that that is very off-putting and for youth is very frustrating. Of, uh, you know, I, I want to be in the world, but I, I'm basically nothing. Mm. I can't compete with everybody I can't else. compete and everything is judged all the time. Yes. Right. And that's terrible of course if you're always observed and everything you do is judged by the community and it's not just within the family within five minutes it's all over the place it's it's in australia and in japan and you know uh in europe they know it too what you did and the that, that's of yeah. course i mean makes you very cautious and the permanence mm. of it of course and with, the permanence. So uh, with social media you know sure. growing up our conversations when we have it yeah. we, we have the conversations and that's it or, or on the radio that that's it but now it's recorded for facebook yeah. live it's recorded yeah. so that uh, you know people can yeah. turn back to it and, and and they do they they go back and dig up will. you said this 35 years ago when you were 17 years old for sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so we so we have a worldwide schoolyard with w yeah. worldwide schoolyard mechanisms in it. Mm. Which makes people f actually feel more isolated rather than connected. I can imagine if, if, you're, not, if you're not the top dog, yeah. you have a hard, hard, hard life. But again, it, it can also be used as a positive thing. So, sure. you know, when you have, you know, things that you need to, uh, for campaigns or for encouragement, social media is often used. Like, you know, I can think of campaigns for bullying, for example, mm -hmm. is often amplified on social media. But of course, the other side of the coin is you've got online bullying, mm -hmm. which is also perpetuated with the online presence. So what we see is that with, with every new technology or possibility, we see people abuse it and we see people who do good things with it for the benefit of the world. And well, the only thing you can do is uh, look how everything changes and well, uh, try to get it right, you know, uh, warn people or take your measures. What you cannot do is avoid it. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we all experience that from time to time. I mean, when you're in a better mood, you, you scroll through Facebook and you see how your family and friends are doing. Um, you, you, you know, you feel happy. But when you're in a bad mood, you think, oh, why, why are they posting that? You know, I, I don't care that they've, you know, done this. And, and you know, it can be that, that idea of FOMO yeah, um, yeah, as true. well, fear of missing out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm. What I really think is that in education, it is not just my idea. I'm, I'm repeating after people who are smarter than me. We should have media education education at school particularly at high schools yeah. and and that goes beyond these are the technologies and please be aware of what you post yes. i mean that like this kind of media literacy that would be really really important because most of these kids they know how to handle the interface but they have no clue what happens behind it not technology wise and not socially yeah, yeah that's and, a great uh, point and the algorithm and and what they exactly. s- sell yes. off in yeah. yeah well we'll discuss perhaps this uh, after the news break for our, our uh, viewers on facebook uh, do bear with us we're just going to break for the 230 news and we'll continue to be chatting about uh, loneliness this afternoon with professor johan hk welcome back you're listening to the agenda cafe this afternoon with me karen ko and noreen mir on rt HK Radio 3. It's great to have your company. And please join us also on Facebook Live. We are on Noreen's Facebook page, Noreen Mir at RTHK Radio 3. And today we're talking about loneliness and we're joined by a wonderful guest, Professor Johan Horn, who is uh, a double degree doctor, interfaculty professor of social robotics at the Hong Kong Polytechnic University School of Design and Department of Computing. So before the break, um, Professor Horn, you were talking about media education right. and technology. Let's talk a bit more about what you do right. with social robotics yeah. and, and the interface with loneliness. Yeah, what I said before the break um, perhaps even counts more for robots where people are either um, thrilled about it or they want to hang me from a tree because they say <laughs> you cannot replace real people by a machine. And yeah, all the things I said are are the same here. It it all depends on how you apply it. Um, Of course, if if you use it like replacing other people by machines, everything will go wrong. This is why we do research, so that we understand under which circumstances, in what way, what kind of machine can help at certain tasks. This is what we do in the project that I was referring to in the artificial intelligence for design that you don't just do something like many of the manufacturers at the moment do that it's a one-size-fits-all machine and then it's your buddy and here you have your friend put it on the couch and then after two months people are bored with it and it doesn't work so well and then it's all gone Um, so many of the people who have critique they are usually people who are well-to-do not lonely they have their partner and they say for themselves i would never want that no of course nobody would ever want that but i sometimes compare it to if you don't have a leg but i can give you a wooden one Mm -hmm. of course everybody wants their real leg to be grown back but that won't happen so what i have is a prosthesis right that's what the machine what what this social robot may do for really lonely people that are ill pathologically ill from loneliness that helps them so why keep it away from them and those robots exist yes they do we develop them so tell us about tell us about how do you develop a robot that can really 
keep someone company and really make them feel less lonely? Okay, well, the word really is tricky here. Okay. You know, because it will not replace a real person. But on the one hand, that's a bad thing because persons can do what robots cannot do. On the other hand, it's a really good thing because robots do not do things that humans do do. Bad things, like, bad things. like walk away exactly. or Exactly, or you. being impatient. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm happy that you said so. So a robot is missing many design features that are actually highly appreciated. They do not go behind your back. They do not look down upon you. They are endlessly patient. You can tell that same old sad story time and time again. Also, if you are demented, that doesn't matter. It's always happy about it, right? So it will not understand your situation, mm -hmm. but it will pose open questions and it doesn't judge. That's and like important. before the break, we said one of the major things on social media is that you are always judged. Mm -hmm. Makes you feel bad, makes you feel sad, makes you feel lonely. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what the social robot will not do. So like a very good friend, it takes you for who you are. You can look like hell. You can say stupid things. It won't judge you. It will be happy to listen to you ask an open question and you can do your story mm. which is way more than sitting behind your uh, uh, window staring out nobody caring for you we have people who haven't seen someone else in three weeks does it does it challenge you perhaps i mean uh, because if Me you uh, d d d will, will the robot challenge you uh, will well it, uh, that's a matter of programming right okay. you, you, you should always see this that machine is a puppet, right? It's an empty shell. And whatever behaviors it has, you have programmed in. Whether it's done with artificial intelligence that can do some of that work on its own, or that it's hard-coded, it is someone who has designed that and designed that behavior. Because if so you if only have the behavior, that behavior with a positive behavior, yeah, then it doesn't. Th then it becomes a, a yes man, and, and sometimes, like a good friend, it'll hold up a mirror and say, you know, uh, Johan, this isn't so good, and perhaps try this, you know, or Noreen, you know. Sure. But if you've got a, an AI or a robot that becomes a yes man, it sort of feeds into people's egos a that little bit. Be, so sure. yeah, so I mean, how does that? So whilst it can combat loneliness, it perhaps can enhance other personal personality flaws exactly this is also why we do the research to know these kind of things in order to know what we will do for the ai so one of the outcomes of that is exactly what you say a robot should be capable of keeping its distance as well mm. so i say i'm involved but if there are things that are for instance going against the goals of the situation such as somebody needs to exercise but doesn't right. want to do it okay <laughs> <laughs> and the robot says, fine, don't exercise. Yeah, yeah. Or should I have, you know, my fifth lunch of yeah, today? Should I have or, another yeah. glass of wine? Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so we, Sounds like we a good have friend, been, to be honest. <laughs> so we have been working on an AI, and it's actually, well, published in the beginning of this year, that actually balances being involved and being at a distance. Mm. However, although that, that system works, you, you cannot just implement it yet. It is not like we put it off the shelf, put it in a robot, there it goes. Yeah, right. That's not how these things work, you know. So we can we can give a proof of concept, we can make a full implementation that actually works, but then industry needs to pick it up to develop it at a level that is 
workable for consumer electronics. And that's a gap that is still not filled. That's always a huge problem. We can do things in academia already that are not picked up by the mm. industry because the industry only looks at the second quarter. And I understand that. That's not the point. But there's this huge gap that is not filled. Mm. So we have solutions that do not reach the public. Right. So can you tell us about the, the project that you did, uh, which was made into a documentary, Alice yeah. Cares? And right. So the robot is called Alice? The robot is called so Alice. Cool. By, by, right, uh, well, now... Actually, the whole project about robotics is called Alice because it's always uh, under that heading uh, by now. Um, yeah, that was with older adults. We do quite the same things right now with Hong Kong youth in the the eight lab in uh, Science Park. Um, at that moment, when we started, this it's like six, seven years ago that that documentary was made. Mm. Um, part of that was what we call requirements engineering. So we were searching for what is it that people actually need. That was the experiment that you saw. Mm. Uh, so our AI was pretty bad, actually. It could do some things, but not very well. Okay. So we had many people behind the screens uh, stepping in whenever the AI was messing up right and um through that we learned what it actually should be doing instead of what we were programming basically um so one of the uh spin-offs of that is that we now have a huge project back in the netherlands where we are working on language understanding so not language processing what we can do today but in what way will a robot get a understanding of a situation because language is not just the processing of the words and the meanings but it's always related like we sit here mm. we are in a studio we are facing each other we have Body our language. social roles there yeah. are all kinds of things that the language is relating to yeah tone and your tone of voice yeah. your facial expression exactly so sticking to the linguistics is not enough to convey meaning and this is what we are working on right now Mm. What about the project you're doing in Hong Kong with the youth? That is also connected to the one in the Netherlands. So we will try to do this for Cantonese and Chinese as well. And the other thing is that we uh, are trying to, the emotion model that that we were just talking to, that we get that implemented in a a larger infrastructure because there's this other thing as well. If you have a social robot that you confess your life secrets to, where does that information go to? <laughs> in the mm. cloud. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> in the cloud. Let's put it on Facebook, right? <laughs> I mean, all your life's confessions mm. are, are readily available for everybody. Mm. But on the other hand, the machine needs something that comes from the cloud, for instance. It, you, you cannot run it locally. It's not another human being. Mm. We, we have our brain. Well, you can our life put, experience. Yeah, yeah. But you cannot put it all in that machine. So what we are working on is what we call the robot brain server, which is basically a huge closet somewhere in your home. That's the brain. And it's the puppet that is the interface to the user. But on that brain that is disconnected from the cloud and from Facebook and from the NSA, there is where you keep your data. That's where the secrets remain that's where the ai runs and that thing is actually basically communicating with you this is one of the aspects that we do in science park uh, so so that you can do it privately Mm. so it's a confidante 
but the the information doesn't fly away somewhere, you know, because it's very easy to intercept. Uh, if we work with Wi-Fi, you pick up the signal and somebody interferes with whatever the robot is saying, you know. There are very nasty examples where you have robot puppets playing with kids and the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi is, is intercepted by the nasty neighbor. Yes, yes. Will I've you come out that. and play? Yeah, yeah. And being able to log into like um, nanny cams, yeah. IP cams yes, by IP sharing cams, the same yeah, IP yeah. address. So this yeah. is a thing that we take hugely seriously. I mean, that the whole social robotics project will fail if this is not secure. Yeah. So something that's slightly related, but, but also not, you know, I, I think a few years ago, there was an app called Replica, and I think it was uh, uh, made by a, a woman who'd lost her best friend at the time, um, who, who designed this app. Um, and, and it's still very popular these days. I see it, you know, people sharing about TikTok. Basically, it's an artificially intelligence-powered virtual friend. You are there to share messages with that friend that, 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 that AI sort of mirrors back. So it essentially creates a... If you like a representation of you, you know, mm -hmm. there's this a best friend who's just like you, shares the same taste, likes the same movies, your confidant. Um, but human nature sometimes tells us we are drawn to people who are not very much like ourselves. You know, opposites attract. So, you know, in terms of, I don't know where I'm going with this question, but in terms of <laughs> algorithm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Do, do you understand? Yeah. So, yeah. in terms of mm. algorithm, how do you strike that balance? Are you creating something that's sort of like similar, you? like yeah. you, or, or not different like from you? you. Yeah. yeah. Well, Thank you. like I said, I started in literature, so I know something about how how to design a character. The the thing I was talking about, uh, the, the emotion simulation machine, that thing is actually so that you can design different characters with it. So it's not just the involvement distance that you can do, mm -hmm. it's also how it assesses ethical issues or how it looks into realism of things. Mm -hmm. um, by doing different parameters in that machine, you get a different character. So we had it play games with someone else, uh, yeah, like uh, for instance chess or tic-tac-toe or something that, that's not so hard to do in a, in, in a computer, and then it would respond emotionally to whatever you do. So we could, we could make a character that is like a really tough player, you know, only wants to win, yeah. or someone who always gives in because otherwise she feels pity for you. Mm. You know, so she will always do the wrong move so that you win and then the machine is pleased. Yeah. And and or one that really hates it when you start cheating. Yeah. That's then <laughs> seen as ethically wrong, so then they start to play hard. Well, if you want to play chess uh, against the computer, you will always lose. Right. You know? So you then they will play hard. Yeah, yeah, they will play hard hard game yeah. and you'll lose as a punishment in that sense. So you in that sense you could create the character to your liking wow uh, what does this mean for the future then you know w for some people they're naturally drawn to other human beings ai technology and friendships over that it's not interesting for them but for some people who like technology yeah. that can be a uh, I don't want to say replacement friendship, yeah. but sort of. And then there are some people who might get sort of totally lost in that world. And okay, and I'm going to say something shocking. Okay. So what? <laughs> I don't really have an answer to that. Surely we are, you know, no why, man why is Why would an that argument. be wrong? 
not not so there's wrong. a place for that or there are people who well f- i mean there works. are people who who are involved in their hobby so much that can, they don't that they don't look at other people but can you teach an ai human emotion you know part of hum- humanity is the connection you form with other people no matter where you're from what language you speak can you truly teach an ai that you can program it but a lot of it is based on our experiences so how can, can it be a replacement but for why would you want to emulate another human being <laughs> when you've got other <laughs> human beings we, we we how many billion do we have in the world eight i think um d- d- we don't teach our dogs uh human emotion but they are big friends yeah. the, i was going to say the the closest thing i've ever come to what you describe mm. of you know a, a social robot yeah. not judging always being there for you always have you see is my dog yeah who you is see? the same right who doesn't right. Like right. never gets tired of you telling them, yeah. you know, your stories, and is a confidant. They don't, they don't blab. Some yeah, some yeah. people feel deeply connected with trees. Yeah. I will not laugh at them if no. they if that's good for them. Why not? So if there are, I mean, at the moment there are already people who who have what they call opted for the syn- synthetic option. They are so disappointed in other people mm-hmm. that they actually live with dolls. Dolls, yeah. dolls, to their exactly. liking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And what? they're not hurting anybody. No, I, yeah. I think eat your heart out. If you're, mm. I mean, th- mm. there's there's no no drawback to it. And if they feel fine with that, why would I say you can't? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, interestingly, we are, you know, with technology in our daily lives, I think we're already at a certain point. For example, people now are using things like Alexa. Right. Like Siri, like all these digital assistants, where sure. you just, you know, call out and say, "Hey Alexa, play this song for me." Right. And I've heard anecdotally stories from friends, particularly single friends, mm-hmm. who say, "I love having the Alexa in my home because I feel like I can have someone to talk to." Right. Um, Especially during the pandemic, where a lot of people can't travel back in, home uh, or you know have that sort of uh, social or have people in their homes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In olden days, people put on the television, you know, <laughs> yes. as um, or my, the radio, my, my, my yes. live wallpaper. That's the same thing. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah. So what is wrong about that? And and like with all things, you can abuse it and you can use it. I mean, look at how we work with cars. Everything, everybody. F- Things that's fine, you know, the, the way we love our cars, how they are predominant in, in everything that we do and, and in the city. And, and we've, we don't think that is abusive, Beca- but we are poisoning other people with them. Yeah. Because mm. I, I suppose <laughs> the, the counter argument to that is, you know, human interactions is unpredictable sometimes. Yes. And, you know, through that in through the unpredictability can sometimes foster resilience. You know, I don't know how you're going to react to something Mm -hmm. I will say. And then that trains, you know, me to, that trains people. But with an AI, with technology, if you're programming it to be a certain way, it sort of breeds a a, a yes man. Everybody's agreeing with you. There's no sort of growth in in your own character. And, And while you're right, maybe it doesn't hurt anybody, but surely can't just be I, well I there, are, there are two sides to this one it's always better than having nothing okay yes then we have a yes man so yes. what yes. second the ai is never so good that it doesn't do anything unexpected yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> there will always be error <laughs> third if you want random behaviors yes. it's not very hard to build just in pr- random behaviors yeah. every now and then mm. you know 
is it is it more disturbing? I don't know if if an AI of a robot decides to yell at you, you know, and and really lose their. It's probably more surprising because yeah, you assume so. from all the. You know mythology we have around how robots work mm. that they they're all, they're always only going to be nice except in certain movies where they go rogue and yeah, they yeah, start yeah, killing yeah, everyone yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or they they have some some sort of cognitive awakening and they become sure. real and yeah. usually their reaction is to kill all the humans yeah, right? yeah to dominate the <laughs> world <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> because that's very human to do <laughs> you know <laughs> that's the first thing you do when you feel superior you yeah. start dominating the world right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so ais yeah. are not out to do that yet unless if the human you, behind the ai why would they if you don't tell them anything yeah they won't they have do anything they have they have no goals of their own yeah. so yeah. if you want them to dominate the world you have to tell them this is your goal go dominate the world so that's a human decision yeah. gosh maybe i've been right. watching too but you know ex yeah. machina yes Remember? exactly yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. so then when you look i mean if we go back to our our, our theme of, of topic of loneliness do you mm. think that you know the the way forward is you know for people to have a combination of real world interactions that's the ideal thing you know human interactions mm -hmm. but to to be also able to use social robots or or if they like yeah. yeah i mean but if they don't they shouldn't the one of the major problems right now is that we don't have enough people to take care of the others right mm -hmm. you know so at this point mm -hmm. i'd say the robots are the only option that you have but yeah. once we are not in this crisis anymore of having so many old people being taken care of by so few youngsters if that's over in the few i mean in mm. a few decades that's gone yeah. then we don't need those robots anymore mm. for that right right yeah. that's but our future you know we'll yeah. be old and we'll press a button and then the robot will make us a nice soup in the night time mm. and cook us dinner and and chat with us Cool. Yeah, those were three things that are extremely hard, but it can give you a creative suggestion, can do moral reasoning. These are things that are way easier than cook a soup. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really, yeah. Some of the basic things yeah. we still have to do yeah. ourselves. You have no idea how hard that is. Yeah. Like yeah. the way we walk or, or go up and down the stairs, that's mm. way more complicated yeah. than, than having it do a creative invention. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then where, I mean, you know, we mentioned at the beginning the problem with youth and, and loneliness, right. which is really disturbing because this is, uh, you would think people in that age group should have very healthy, you know, social outlook and shouldn't yeah, be feeling lonely. You would hope so. what, what do you think we need to do about that? Yeah, this is really, really hard because there are so many aspects that play a role here. Um, basically we should redesign our society b because it's all driven on competition and who's better than who mm. um yeah it's based on management rather than leadership so we are controlling and checking and um, and and all that on social media implemented in technology is keeping its grip on us yeah so we should redesign our society if we if we want to get rid of one of these symptoms which is disenfranchised youth mm. it's us who have caused it by the way we organize our world 
Yeah. Based on a very sort of old-fashioned way, you know, and people living longer than ever, why should education just be the first 20 years of your life? Yeah. Or, well, first 30 years of your life? And, yeah, well, why we, should it Well, we have organized life still from a factory model of the second industrial revolution. Mm, yes. Th then it was functional to do it this way, but it has become defunct for a long time already, but we're not changing it. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know, because we hardly even realize that this is the major problem. <laughs> yeah. And the, all these um, innovations, you know, social media, were created by adults, <laughs> not children. Yeah, right. and, and, and you can use them in the, let's say, the new way, but mm. they are used in the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely think social robotics has has a room, say, for example, in uh, nursing homes, just keeping people company because a lot of times, um, and I know we're talking about youth as well, but also sometimes old people are just, some old people are lonely. I mean, we see it in our family members, you know, you can chat with them, but it's sure. not the yeah. same because yeah. <laughs> humans, are so, I can't say that word, sometimes quite mean to, yeah. you know, yes, you don't have the patience. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a huge thing. And I especially, so. you know, with elderly people who may have dementia or Alzheimer's sure. who are not totally, you know, in the moment. Um, it, it is it is hard as another, especially as a family member, to yeah. be with that because yeah. it's very emotional as well. And it's frightening for, for the Alzheimer's patients, you know, to, to sort of be bewildered about what's happening, forgetting where the bathroom is in their in the mm -hmm. house and yeah. having somebody shout at them. Yeah. Or yeah. forgetting their own daughter yeah. or yeah. their own relatives. Or forgetting that your partner has died. Yes. So you go oh, through it every yes. day. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yes. You know? Wow, that's and, and then they suffer the same... Pain mm, again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that actually happens. Yeah. Mm, wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We, that this we, is a, such a big topic that sort of like spun on to very so philosophical. Yeah, so <laughs> philosophical. I mean, one of my favorite agenda cafes, definitely. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Professor but Horn. this is the interesting thing about robots. They, they are your mirror. You will, you will see way better what we are as human beings when, once you try to replace it or. or mm. Uh, make an addition that tries to be us or, or reflects what we are. You have to get to the point where do I believe and where do I not believe? Um, what is it to be a human being other than a machine that executes commands, mm. right? So maybe, you know, maybe, Johan, what... what but then are we equals with the robots? Because if you're not equal with the robots, then humans, some humans, will treat them badly. And then that sort of raises your sort of your superior complex or whatever. Yeah, they do that with other people too, by the way. Yeah. Mm. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, maybe, I'm just thinking, going back to your, your, your history and literature, maybe robots will be kind of the next manifestation of art. And, and oh. literature, right? Well, interesting yeah. that you say, because in July we, we have an art ex exhibition with robots, about robots and for robots, robots creating art themselves. Oh, Whoa. Yeah. really? Yeah, really. Wow. Have they already created the art? Yes, they, they do. What kind of art do they create? Well, that depends on what you program, of course. Yeah. Uh, they, they could make portraits, for instance, mm -hmm. but... Um, so the if you things, program surrealism, will it create something that's surreal? Yeah, you could train them with surreal... Mm paintings mm. and then let them paint in that kind of style wow. um, in my case I let them say poetry uh, other things that it could do is 
Poetry, so they write poetry. Yeah, basically. Wow, we have a poetry competition. Oh right. Yes, but how nice. But, but <laughs> are are robots Hong... eligible to enter? Well, it, well, so far. Wouldn't that be just... cool? <laughs> 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 that would be cool. You, you would be the first actually yeah, to, to, to have to have a robot enter the competition. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't even. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell. You know who's. Does written... it have to have a Hong Kong ID number? <laughs> <laughs> it can borrow mine. Well, okay. I can Hong, make up one. Hong Kong, re <laughs> Hong Kong resident. Yeah. Hong Kong uh, resident. Yeah. Yeah, so, Kong, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I haven't specified whether the Hong Kong resident has to be, has a to human. be human. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's very philosophical. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, probably it's never ever in the rules that it should be. No, that's right? true. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe people need to revisit competition rules from now on. <laughs> Entries by humans <laughs> only. Yeah. No machines allowed. Yeah. I am not a robot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, Johannes really interesting discussion <laughs> i mean thanks for your perspective i, I really yeah. like that we've had a little bit of a different spin on the on the topic and right. also looking at the technology um so thanks for joining us on the agenda cafe today thank you for being here it was uh, lovely to have this uh, chat yes absolutely definitely one of my favorite agenda cafes it's just Good. took on a t totally different spin and i really really enjoyed it and i hope our listeners enjoyed it and if you'd like to revisit uh, this conversation with professor johan horn and karen uh, this afternoon uh, feel free to go back to the facebook page Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 and it's on the podcast as well so uh, feel free to download it there as well. Many thanks once again to you Professor Horn thank and you so also much. to Karen. Thank thanks, you very Noreen. much indeed.